Hello everyone, welcome back to the main show. It's a wonderful podcast. Yes, Janine, we have another special episode today. It is like the week of special Patreon episodes on It's a Wonderful yes. Podcast this week. Because it's very exciting. It is, it is. On Wednesday, on Morgan Hasn't Seen, Billy Polahan's choice, Almost Famous, was talked about for our movies about music series. And now, this week on the main show, we have another Patreon choice. And it is, in fact, her... Well, I, I suppose it's technically her first whole Patreon choice. She yes. just kind of had a little bit of a say in the last one. Um, yes. But this week, courtesy of the great Carla Feast. Our amazing patron, of course, yes. We are talking 1957's An Affair to Remember with yes. Cary Grant and Deborah Kerr. Yay! Romance movies, like yes. heavy romance movies. When was the last time we did a full-on romance movie? It's been a little while. Yeah, we went a bit dramatic for a while. I think maybe the last one I want to say was like Sabrina, maybe? Yeah, possibly. For for full-on romance movie. Because we've done, yeah. like you said, we've done kind of more dramatic stuff recently and kind of... Some epic stuff, uh, yes. a little bit of comedy, I suppose, and a little yeah. bit of adventure. Quite a quite a bit of adventure, to be honest. But full on romance, we're bringing it back this week, and it's and it's in its contemporary romance as well. It's not like period drama romance, so it's even more of a uh, romancey romance movie. Yes. And it is leather football, Cary Grant as well, which we all love. <laughs> oh yes, um, leather football, Cary Grant with the massive, uh, like dint on his forehead that he has. I actually read some trivia about that. Yeah, that he, it's it's a bad situation that Cary Grant got himself <laughs> in with his own face. Apparently, like it was a childhood injury. And, like, they were having problems with close-ups because it was very prominent. And it wasn't that bad, but then he would just always kind of, out of habit, kind of rub it. And so it would make it stick out even more. And so we they wanted him to have a procedure to remove it, but they were saying it would take, like, a week or something, or like, three weeks or something for it to heal. Um, and so, of course, they couldn't be out of filming that long. And so I guess the woman he was seeing at the time, who also helped him quit smoking with like hypnotism and stuff, she had like the hypnotist hypnotize him and help put him under and they did the procedure and he healed from it in like two days or something. <laughs> well done, Cary Grant. Well yes, done. Yes, so normally it would have taken like three weeks, but under hypnoti- hypnotism or whatever, like... Hey, don't... Uh, don't yeah. knock hypnotism. <laughs> if it worked for Cary Grant, it can work no for anyone. Scar. Yeah. So. No. Uh, but yes. But yes, Janine. 1957, this is. So it is right in between Cary Grant doing uh, the two Hitchcock movies. Um, well, he did more than two Hitchcock movies, but To Catch a Thief in 55 and North by Northwest in 59. This is right, right smack bang in the middle of, the, of them. Um 
So it, it's that era of Cary Grant where he's full-on tan face. The light Super is just face. gleaming <laughs> off his face. Yes. But he's still Cary Grant and he's still acting weirdly and crazily and snarky and yes. kind of boisterous. Um, which is it, charming. good to see. It's good to see yes. he's, him still boisterous. Um, and he, they did do a little bit of improvisation, I think. Um, the director, he was a, um, an advocate of that, which I don't know if it was a big thing at the time. No, um, that's good. That's good. I feel like so. it's a. I feel like it's a kind of a fun situation with this movie in particular, really, because yeah. the director is Leo McCrary, who originally made this movie an affair to remember as Love Affair in 1939. Yes. Um, with. Like a French a French actor, I think what's his name? Charles Charles Boyer or something like that. Something like that. I think is yeah. his name. And Irene Dunn is in that movie, and Irene Dunn's great as well. And we all love Irene Dunn, obviously. She was in yes. The Awful Truth with Cary Grant, so there's even more situations oh. there. The Awful Truth's a good screwball comedy. That's that's worth watching. Um, and her and her and Deborah Kerr played the same character in versions of The King and I. Yes, that is true. There's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of <laughs> yes. crossover with these movies. I like it. But basically, the director made that movie in 1939, Love Affair, and then just remade that whole just remade that movie scene for scene for for an affair to remember in 1957. It yes. was just it just how it just happened to be, you know, 39 it was, you know, 4 by 3 aspect ratio. And black and white. Black and white. Now, 57, it's turned into Cinemascope. Yes. <laughs> so everything's Colors. super wide and super yes. colourful. And and there's actually some more kind of like artsy shots in there. Some shots, actually, I really love some great moments in there that I oh, yeah. to discuss. And um, I think they did kind of pepper in some more kind of... Um, build up of their romance and their time together on the ship and all of that kind of stuff. There were a little more moments peppered in there, I think. Absolutely. Was in the... Absolutely. Now I know I know we have we also have another mo- another love affair movie uh, from nineteen ninety four. Um yes. that we're gonna be talking about in a little bit of deja vu. To be honest, we've got kind of deja vu it's a weird situation because we've got kind of deja vu for a past movie. And a future and movie. Future movie, yes. Now, in the past, when we've sort of talked about three movies, we've done it as a complete three movie episode where we've, yes. you know, spent sort of equal time on on all of them. But we wanted to really focus on an affair to remember itself today because as of I Carla. feel like it is, yeah, it's Carla's choice, and I think it's the most you know known popular of the it of is the three. And look, let's let's face it; it's also the best version it of is, the three it is, as definitely. well. Yes. It's the most enjoyable version. Cary Grant, Deborah Kerr have wonderful chemistry. Yes, really, really wonderful chemistry. I mean, it's always it's always just so fun to see Cary Grant, especially at this time when he's doing you know those two Hitchcock things. Which, yes, while they can have a little bit of quippiness in there as you know like north by northwest i feel like especially but ultimately both to catch a thief and north by northwest have 
serious stories to them. Undertones, yeah. Whereas, like, this felt kind of like his girl Friday. Yeah, this, which, he was having which fun. Which he did, yes. And I think he he was allowed to do more improvisation in that movie as well. So that's why it kind of felt similar. And I think he um, is great at stuff like that. So it was great yeah. to kind of see that in later years. Love yeah, football, Cary Grant. <laughs> that's that's what we're talking about as well, though. With the with the director having made you know the same movie kind of twice, this is very much his movie. So yeah. it even says on the like title card, it's Leo McCrary's "An Affair to Remember." Yes. Like usually, you know, you think of anything from the fifties, and it's obvious really under the studio system and all that. It's always the producer. Yeah. movie you movie. know um whether it's whatever whatever it is it's always the producer's movie but this is the director's movie so it's kind of unique in that way and you think like yes hitchcock probably has that you know alfred hitchcock's vertigo or whatever it may be yeah but leo mccrary who isn't you know the biggest name for him to, to have... re- really own this movie yeah, is great to see. Um, Definitely. And he, yeah, he clearly has a lot of influence over it, um, obviously. And I like that he allowed fun improvisation because I think it makes it more entertaining. And it certainly makes it more of a, a believable chemistry because I really, really do like the two of them together. Me too. Um, so should we kind of briefly go over the pre- the premise? Oh, well, please do. <laughs> so we have um, these two people. They um, one of they're kind of uh, Cary Grant's character. Uh, he's kind of known, kind of because he's about to be married to a famous person. Yeah, they're like so. socialites, really. Yes, yes. They don't really so do anything painter. other than be famous. Yes. Um, so he's on this ship and he is kind of known. So people are like watching him. He's a painter and he's, you know, about to be married to this famous person. So people kind of know when they're kind of watching him and, uh, Deborah Kerr, her character, Terry, she's on just the boat because her, she's engaged to someone as well and he's on business. So she's just on this ship as well. So they're alone on the ship, but engaged to other people. They meet, um, and they, end up kind of falling in love with each other and deciding we will give our lives outside of this six months to figure out what we want to do. And if we do want to end up being together, we will meet at the top of the empire state building after six months. And if that is the case, we will, we will, if we both agree after that time that we still want to be together, we'll meet and be married and whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a, a bit of a scandalous situation, but they don't really. A little bit. Um, the way they play it out, I think, um, I think they kind of work around it, and you can kind of get behind their romance because they don't really do it in a kind of torrid, seedy way. It's not a, a it's not a sexual thing. It's not, you know, like no, it's it's it it. You know, you might be you might be thinking it's kind of, you know, especially under the under the code and everything for yeah for the 50s um, to be condoning might... yeah it's... an affair <laughs> but the thing it's it's almost like it's it's almost like it's the the affair itself between 
Cary Grant and Deborah Kerr is played as the true love in the whole movie, which I yeah. think is why, obviously, you know, they're able to do it and and it all be sweet and nice and lovely. Because ultimately, yes. well, you know, this is the case in any in any situation, isn't it? You know, you, you find somebody that may not be the one person and then it turns out to be somebody else. That, that's the... How many times has that happened yeah. in the world? Thousands, time. thousands <laughs> of times every day this kind yeah. of thing happen. So, you know, it's, it's identifiable in that sense. Um, yeah. In, in, this can happen at any, you know, at any stage of anything as well. So... But it's played off very much as... Because it, it's kind of said right early on. I think Cary Grant asks Deborah Kerr, he's like, do you love him? Like, speaking yeah. about the other guy she's engaged to. Uh, yeah. And she says, not anymore. Because yeah. she's now met Cary Grant. So that's yes. kind of, yeah, that's... Okay, her decision, it's let's kind of move an on. established thing, yes. Like, it's not like it was something they were looking for. It just kind of happened, and then it's kind of... You know, they think they're content in their situations, but once they've actually found it with each other, yeah. they realize, well, I, you know, I guess I should be with this person, but I, I'm i not feeling what I should be feeling when exactly. I'm with you. So... Um, exactly. And just we kind of the way they go about it, and I like they have that added kind of thing of people watching them, and... Oh, everybody's um, watching so, them. They don't yes. have no so, privacy at all. No, everybody's and that taking makes photographs <laughs> of them. Everybody's yes. staring at them in the dining hall. Yes. So that makes for some like silly kind of moments when they're like end up kind of seated back to back and people are just kind of watching them like they're in a fishbowl. And like, you know, she's just like, okay, I'm going to leave. But then he's talking to her. She's like, don't talk to me. Like you're, like, you're ruining it. And like, yeah. So it makes for some kind of silly moments and them just kind of, I like because I think there was more of them kind of running into each other, bumping into each other when they have kind of established that they just shouldn't spend time together anymore. Yeah. And then they kind of have these impromptu run-ins. I think we got more of that in this version than in um, his original first version. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, I think that's just because it's a slightly longer movie. Yeah, so and we have so, that time to kind of breathe and see exactly. them and see the build-up of this relationship and this emotional kind of bond that they build together. So it, it makes sense that, you know... It benefits the whole movie that you're able to spend more time with them because yes. you just grow more fond of the, of the two of them as a couple. Their dynamic and the relationship and, you know... Um, it makes for some more sweet moments. Even they're kind of neat, cute when they first see each other and like yeah. the whole thing with the cigarette lighter and she kind of like, you know, pulls his card and like, oh, this is a very scandalous inscription here from another lady. And, you know, she kind of like teases him and um, that kind of ch and challenges him. So that kind of gets his attention. So it's more of kind of like personality things and then looks kind of, you know ultimately end up but it's not that's not like the main focus because you know most things when it's a it deals with an affair it's like mostly like a physical thing a sexual thing and yeah that's it's, kind it's of what drives it this is more of an emotional bond very that much kind of so grows between them and i think that's what makes it very sweet and makes you be able to get behind it despite you know the maybe moral issues that could come about and i think that's what kind of got them past kind of haze code stuff because yeah of that aspect. And also something I did notice was, you know, kind of something like with the stolen life with, um, that we talked about a couple weeks ago, 
like you do have a character who is maybe not doing things in a moral way and you know they ultimately get punished for that in a way yeah ultimately (laughs) i mean it's it's a it's an old movie in a sense that it's kind of very light-hearted and then all of a sudden something just the worst happens (laughs) yes um very like very very suddenly like it all seems oh nice yeah um we're at the empire state building we're going to go to the empire state building it's going to be great they're going to spend the rest of their lives together it's going to be great everybody's everybody's rooting for this yes um but then you know terrible things happen um yet like you said potential just moral punishment happens yes but then that moral punishment you know could be viewed as a, li- a little bit too strict which i think it, yeah. prob- it probably is just yes, let people yes. you know feel the way they feel you know what i mean like yeah. what's the harm um, and i mean ultimately when they got back to kind of their lives and gave themselves that six months to figure things out they did kind of end it with the people that they were with so you know, and like even in Terry's situation, the Ken guy that she was going to get married to, they ultimately kind of form a friendship. He realizes that she's in love with somebody else and he's yeah. even wanting to kind of, you know, he helps her and he's even wanting like, I think you should tell him like, I really think he should know like he's kind of an advisor at, at a certain point And she's kind of, you know, so I like that at least when they came back and they realized what they wanted, you know, they did give themselves that six months and in that six months, they kind of. You know, and I think I, don't, I think they made it also that they couldn't really hide it. Like, when she comes back and she kisses Ken, her fiancé, he's like, oh, why are you kissing me different than you normally? Yeah. Do, you know? Um, so I think it was even obvious to their significant others that, you know, it just wasn't the same. Yeah. And so they were kind of open with them about the kind of the situation. And so I think that made, because everything seemed very mature and amicable on both sides. Yeah. Um, I think that also kind of made it so it wasn't like this torrid, seedy, you know, affair that, you know, you're like kind of really kind of focusing on the moral issues in it. Yeah, that, you know, that's that's what I mean. The fact that it's the fact that it is kind of very amicable on either side just means the whole focus is there on the central love between the two people. Yes. And yeah. that's what the movie's about. The movie isn't about the fact that there is an affair. The movie yeah. is about the love between these two people that just happens yes. to come in this specific situation. Situation, yeah. It's but not... I think they make that very clear. Yeah, it's not condemning... It's not condemning the way they go about the situation. Yeah. Which I think is very kind of... You know, it can, it can go either way, because obviously people uh, in any walk of life have various situations relating to this kind of thing from, you know, either end, any end it may be. Yeah. So, you, you, so, you know, personally, people may have various views on this than other, but what the movie's saying is that these people love each other. Nothing stops love, which is a nice thing to see, to think. Yeah. And it's a nice thing that everybody's amical about it because everybody realizes 
yes, how okay, this is real. Their love is how strong their love is, how real it is. Exactly. Like they are able to see that and understand it and be like, okay, I'm stepping back because I'm seeing that obviously this is the real thing that you have with this other person. So exactly, I can step back. I can support you. I can be there for you. However you need me to be there for you. Um, because I see that you really, you know, I'm not mad or there's no ill will. I see that yeah. it, this is just something you can't help, something you can't avoid. Um, and that's, that you know, a true real thing. From yeah. And then from, you know, Ken's point of view, the dude that she was engaged to, that's kind of, he then becomes like a really, um, he, he then becomes a character that you also really like. Like, before yeah. you meet him, you just think, oh, he's he's the other dude that's stopping Cary Grant, yeah. um, ultimately. But then when you actually meet him and you realise, you know, he's this way about it. And he could have been, obviously, the complete opposite way. And I think in, you know, if, if a movie about this sort of thing was made today, there would be all kinds of drama and fighting and all sorts of nonsense and i like that there's yeah. absolutely no drama in this movie at yes, all really there would be there would be some slapping and some weave pulling oh, and sure, you know you, you can jerry just, springer nonsense exactly <laughs> you can just see it turning into a soap opera you can yeah. really see it turning into a soap opera and i guess i just like and i i, I suppose maybe it's a maybe it's a little bit of um Maybe it's a little bit of an unrealistic, idealistic view. But also, th th this kind of amicability exists. This happens. Because it wouldn't feel yeah. believable if it didn't, didn't happen. Ha yeah. So it, it still, you know, it's, it exists. But it makes you go from sort of thinking bad about Ken for just being the dude to stop this relationship... To actually being like, do you know what, Ken? Well done. Fair yeah. enough. You've you 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 are you are a good person, Ken. Yes, and he and and at the certain point when he sees what she's been through, because yes, at a certain point when the, the day that they're supposed to go meet each other at the top of the uh, Empire State Building, uh, Terry gets in a car accident and. Um, is is paralyzed. Yes, that's the terrible, uh, so she, horrible thing that happens. Yes. Um, so she cannot meet him at the top. She's about to go and she gets, and so, and then she never wants to tell him because she doesn't want to be a burden on him or on his life because she knows he's a painter. He doesn't make a lot of money. She doesn't want him to feel like he has to try to do whatever he can to help her or be a burden to him or anything like that. So she chooses not to tell him. So in that aspect, she kind of forms this friendship with Ken, the man she was supposed to marry. And he like, you know, he takes her out to places. He takes care of her and he is telling her, maybe you should tell him, maybe you should just tell him the truth why won't you tell him the truth um so for him to kind of be able to step in that role and support her after what she's kind of been through and knowing you know she's kind of not only has she lost the ability to use her legs she's lost this true love that he has seen yeah. um that was strong enough for him to just kind of calmly and peacefully step back that he can just kind of be in that role and support her in that way yeah it's it's it, you know it's very it's just very nice to see, I think, because yeah. you you very kind of rarely see such, um, such humbleness, I guess, from yeah. 
from humility and just humility is the is the right word is the better word um, <laughs> you very kind of rarely see that level of humility and it's just it feels more real in that way yeah. it it feels easier to have been angry and aggressive and soap opery about it but it feels more real in the humility humility sense and it makes the movie more enjoyable because you can just kind of sit back and watch the movie nicely you don't have to you know it's not like a big uh think piece of a movie or anything like no. that <laughs> it is just a it's a sweet romance movie um and ultimately how it ends in that Cary Grant obviously ends up finding Terry again Yes. And finding out eventually that she has become paralysed on that day that they were supposed to meet and that she yeah. was on her way there when that happened. That it ends with the two of them, you know, becoming... you know, Not becoming friends or anything like that. Becoming... Um, I don't know what word I'm trying to think of. They... <laughs> they end up i don't i've got no idea what word i'm trying to think of <laughs> they basically they aren't mad with each other anymore no they because are they do they do have a moment before that where they see each other for the first time since the yes. whole empire state building and i keep wanting to say eiffel tower but i stop myself and say the correct well, that, the eiffel state tower building. is a way more romantic building <laughs> than the empire <laughs> right? state building that's why <laughs> So I don't know why Mikey's I oh her state building. Uh, you you go to the um, Eiffel Tower with somebody and that's romantic. You go to the Empire yes. State Building with somebody and that's just touristy. <laughs> Essentially, yes. You know? Um um but and yeah, now I've now I've lost my words because I'm rambling about the Eiffel Tower. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just like how it ended with like with a happy ending basically and it wasn't kind of it wasn't the happy ending you may have expected because you may expect okay Cary Grant and Deborah Kerr are now together which which isn't the case at the end of this movie yeah. they are just they just kind of come to the realization with each other that they sh they should have met at that Empire State Building, that however long ago it was at that point. Yes. Uh, but... well, no. Now that I now I remember, my I was talking about how they saw each other before that. Yeah. And um, they were like at a ballet or whatever, and she's with Ken and he's with his, you know, ex. But they decide to kind of go out together. Yeah. And he sees her sitting, and he realizes, oh, she's fine. Like nothing's wrong with her, and she just didn't meet me. So they kind of just have this awkward hello, and you see he's obviously visibly kind of angry. Yeah. You know. So then he kind of just keeps walking and then she's kind of hurt and just bringing up all these kind of sad memories. That, oh, you know, like I can't be with him. And, and that's when Ken is really kind of like, why can't we just tell him? Do you want me to go get him? I'll go get him right now. You could tell him the truth. I see how much this is hurting you. And she's just like, no, I don't want to burden him. And so that's kind of where all that comes into play. So you see that he's genuinely kind of angry about yeah. the fact that she didn't meet him. So when it's kind of revealed at the end that, it wasn't a purposeful thing that she wanted to, that she got hurt and that's why she wasn't there. Um, 
it, it's a great moment for them to kind of realize and all that anger kind of melts away and yeah. um, she can kind of be honest with him finally and um it's it, it feels like yes maybe they will you know they will be together it does but whether you know whether they whether they i mean i think yes you are right i think that you know the movie ends and right after the movie they just get together and probably have a nice supportive life with each yeah. other but because they do kind of they do kind of put plant the seed that like she could eventually walk again they're not saying yeah. she'll never walk again so they do plant that seed and she yeah. does say the line if you can paint i can walk you yeah. know it, it could happen anything can happen so yeah. they do have her saying things like that so you're kind of led to believe that you know they will be together despite any yes. ailments or issues or whatever so but i almost like the fact that the movie doesn't entirely end yeah exactly i almost like the fact that the movie doesn't outright end that way i like the fact that the movie ends like a little bit before that eventuality because it just it it seems to end with just everybody being happy with their current situation you know what i mean Yes. Like nothing, nothing's kind of changed. Like everybody's content and everybody's happy and everybody's smiling with their present and current situation. Situation, d- despite how terrible it might be for you know Terry being, you know, not having the use of her legs. Yes. Um, Kerry Grant being, you know, overcoming this sort of resentment that he would have had towards her for yes. not meeting him on the Empire State Building, but now that's obviously all gone out the window because he realises that they should have done that um, and they were due to do that and everybody wanted to do that. Um, the fact that it, you know, it, it, it could have ended with a wedding ceremony between them two, right? Which would and have her felt... walking again. And, exactly. It, you know. Which would have felt more... It, well, it would have felt more sort of stereotypical and Oh, this Hollywood is a movie. This is nice. Yes. Exactly. Hollywood. Um, but I just like that it ends with a way more low-key version of contentment than that. Yes. Because, again, because it feels not... more believable. It feels more real. It makes you um, it makes you invest in the movie more as a real um, thing that happened um, to these people. And that happens, again, to regular people every day. Yes, like misunderstandings and um i think it's it's good for the viewer to get that kind of resolution because you have um you have nick uh cary grant's character you know he has that resentment and terry who has this you know fear of burdening him and also the pain of him her leaving him thinking that she doesn't love him yeah so she's dealing with that. And so when you get that kind of resol- resolution and realizing that she, you know, he finally now knows that it wasn't purposeful that she does love him and he can drop that anger. Um, I think that's enough. That's enough for us, I think. Yeah, it's, it's of course it is. And it's very sweet. It's really, really sweet. And like I said, they have such great chemistry. The two of yes, them. Have, I, liked- I feel like... I feel like Cary Grant has great chemistry with literally anyone. Yes. But this one, I don't know, the the, the, the flirting is just works really well. Yes. And the playing off each other and the 
snarky comments at each other because it is kind of funny in quite a lot of parts too. Yeah. You know, in the first half when they're on the ship and getting ship, to know mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. And everybody else is watching them because they're too, you know, popular. Or at least, at least Cary Grant is a, a sort of we- a well-known figure. Um, yes. Not least of which because he's marrying this industrial nobility person. You know, like yeah. an heiress. He's marrying like an heiress. Like an heiress or something, yeah. Um. So that's, you know, that's why he's well known. In fact, the movie opens with a, a news broadcast of that happening. Yes. Um, so you kind of just know where he stands and like wh- why people yeah. would be watching him. Um, I will say, you know, old Hollywood movies, romance movies in particular, are known for kind of these swoon-worthy moments. And I have to say, I really felt that in a particular moment when they do have their first kiss and you just don't even see it. You just see him kind of have her hand and walk up the stairs and you don't even see their faces, but you know that they're having their first kiss and you see like her hands on the banister. And then, you know, as the kiss is kind of going for a long time, you're, you assume you see her hand kind of move up. And so I, I just, I don't know, something about that scene just had me like, you know, my heart kind of fluttering and feel that old Hollywood, like, ah, like sigh, swoon kind of yeah. thing. I love just how it was shot. Just like, you don't need to see it. You just kind of know uh, them you know him just taking her hand and just coming up the stairs and all you see is their bottom halves yeah. and you know what's happening in that moment i thought that was just so well uh, shot and just so swoon worthy and romantic i loved that so I'm like i didn't even need to see the, like yeah. i didn't think i would wouldn't need to see a kiss to feel the impact of it of this first kiss the first moment of them really realizing or like expressing that love for each other um and, you know, then the moments that come after that, you know, him meeting her at her door and her telling him how much she misses him and him saying he misses her too. And like, yeah. you know, them kind of taking hands through doorways and things like that, like all the kind of sweet kind of flirtations and secret kind of moments that happen after that. Um, but I, I just loved that first kiss, just how it was shot. And like, we don't see it. We just kind of feel the impact of it. I thought that was so smartly shot and, um, you know, because I would think, you know, mostly, you know, we were talking about how a lot of the scenes in the in the love affair, the 39 version are kind of like shot for shot. But yeah. that happened differently in the other version. So I yes. like that they yeah. kind of did it this way. I thought that was such a smart way to do it and a really kind of beautiful thing. And I still got these, you know, swoon worthy vibes without yeah. even having seen it. And I thought that was just so clever. I loved that so much. It plays to the more Loki romance you know Loki romance type in this movie like it could have very easily been I mean it's set on a ship for Christ's sake it could have very easily been crashing waves and a close up kiss of ooh a kiss the moonlight you know that you know that one kiss in in, in Vertigo between Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak where it's on the beach and it's like their first kiss obviously vertigo's got way more nonsense going on with the psychology of it (laughs) and all that sort of stuff but ultimately that has waves crashing oh isn't this great everybody's having (laughs) fun kissing whereas this one's just like (laughs) yeah it's not really interested in that yeah it's not it it doesn't you know let's I, i like that the movie the movie also loves privacy but never gives them it yeah. The movie clearly just wants these two to just be alone 
and just like, oh God, stop watching me. There's the one scene where they where they're docking back into New York, um, oh, yes. and they're looking at each other. You know, they're sort of because they see either fiance. So, yes, and they the... have the people in between them, yes. and they're on either end, kind of waving to their loved one, and they're yeah. kind of looking at each other, is that yours? Yes, is that yours? Yes. And then the people in between are like, oh, looking at kind of ping yeah. pong balls, like you watching them. <laughs> you don't notice they're doing that until the very end of that scene. You just, because yes. you just get close-ups of the two of them, two of and them. it just looks like, it looks like they're next to each other with maybe two people in between them. Um just looking, you know, at either yeah. fiance, giving giving each other the eyes and, you know, reacting to each other's fiance. Which yeah. is, is, is really funny. It's kind of very, very funny in that way, but yes. it's even more funny when you realise there's <laughs> when like they 15 zoom out people. you see all these people in between yeah. them watching them kind of go back and forth. <laughs> Terrible like, terribly nosy people. Terribly yes. nosy. There's photographers <laughs> and all sorts as well on this on this ship that like captures them in scandalous photographs in the swimming oh yeah and the photographer's like selling them on the dock like it's terrible oh, I three i brought three prints from him like what it's terrible it's very nosy of these people i don't like that at all the movie yeah. the movie loves <laughs> privacy but never gives them it i and i like that because it, it plays for comedy yes um which is nice because if it was if this movie was too serious then it just wouldn't be enjoyable, I think. It would feel like... Oh, it would feel like um, you were watching a very uneventful episode of Jerry Springer, you know? Or it would feel like the 94 version. Or it would feel like the 94 version, which is... <laughs> when you said... you And you said to me before, when we covered 12 Angry Men on yes. this show... Well, we... wait, are we getting into the Deja Vu? Well, I don't want to get into the Deja Vu quite yet, because I, th- <laughs> okay. I still have a little bit more to say about uh, Affair to Remember, but okay. when we were covering 12 Angry Men, um, and obviously 12 Angry Men is an excellent movie, movie yes. but its TV movie remake from 1997 is just the dullest thing possible. That yes. just does the It does the exact same as the 57 version, but in just the worst way, it's just yeah. the most regurgitated, trash bag, terrible, terrible way. And it's full of great actors, and it's directed right. by William Friedkin, and it doesn't make yes. any sense why yes. it's so bad. <laughs> and that's kind of very similar. It's the basically them, yeah. The 94 just... version of Love Affair. Just word for word saying what was in the other versions. Yeah. They don't really stray from that. They don't really ad lib. They don't really do any more or less of what is asked of this in the script. They just kind of yeah. say the words to each other. Like it's, uh, yeah. I think it's very there's, disappointing. There's one scene that we have to talk about though before we get into Deja Vu, and it's the whole scene with Cary Grant's grandmother. Oh, yeah. Which. I think shows the kind of this is in cinemascope, beautiful <laughs> shots, colour. Yes. More than any other scene. And you know how I like to describe things like that? Um yes. by just shouting words. But um <laughs> it's just really nice. It's this it's this coastal villa. 
um oh, that's yeah. just so beautiful and it's got this such with neat... the chapel yeah with these view these views looking out onto the sea and it's beautiful and Cary grant takes deborah kerr to uh meet his his grandmother and his grandmother thinks that she is the person he's going to marry and then he has to be all yes. explaining oh this is this is somebody else grandmother this is somebody yeah. else and the grandmother's like oh okay i guess this is somebody else but then they spend a little bit of time with each other and it's all nice and the grandmother's and like sings. you're actually great you're cool i like you i like you yeah there's singing there's piano playing there's all sorts and the grand the grandmother's kind of great in fact the the, the grandmother in the 57 version affair to remember is actually the only um, version of the grandmother that I actually didn't know the actor of originally. <laughs> like I don't know this I don't know this actor by name who played Cary Grant's grandmother in the uh, in the fifty seven version. But wasn't wasn't like didn't you have another piece of trivia in the <laughs> I think yes, the grand I, I think the grandmother was only fifteen years older <laughs> than Cary Grant. Older than Cary Grant, yes, she was. <laughs> Which is bizarre, but okay. You know, Cary Grant at this point is clearly grey haired and obviously like we like we like to say leather football yeah, Cary Grant. Football. <laughs> yes. Um not not quite the not quite the fresh faced late thirties Cary Grant of bringing yes. up baby and that sort of thing. <laughs> uh but I I like that piece of trivia. It's silly. But it it works, you know, you can it's believable. Yes. It's believable and it's a, just a really it's a really nice scene. Um and it oh. again it supports that sort of true love aspect of this movie a hell of a lot. Um well, I mean, we just saw this actress who played the grandmother apparently. We did. <laughs> we we just watched her in The Parent Trap. <laughs> we did. Yes. Who is this? Who was it? Uh um, her name is uh Kathleen Nesbitt. Okay. And she, she was Who um, was she in see. the parent trap? Was she like the camp counselor? I think she was the camp lady. Okay. She was the camp yeah, counselor she... in the parent yes. trap. <laughs> Which the parent trap came out four years after this movie. <laughs> What's yes. going- she didn't. She didn't look that old. There was nobody that no. old in the parent trap. <laughs> oh yeah, I want to say she was. She was the camp counselor lady. I mean, the camp counselor in the parent trap was kind of old, but she wasn't like Cary Grant's really grandmother old. old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Fifteen years older on. than Cary Grant old. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Ultimately, I just think an affair to remember is a very, very enjoyable romance movie. It's it's yes, and I- it. You know, if you like love and you are feeling love in your own life this movie is a good movie to watch because it it's a hell of a celebration of love in any form and it does not judge at all which is kind of the best way to be when it comes to love is not judging at all you know everybody always um... everybody always judges people for loving certain people um you know whether whether it's sexual orientation whether it's anything People are yeah. always judging people for loving certain people. This movie will not do that. This movie is a no. pure celebration of love in any form. And it doesn't matter where that love may come. If it's real, it's real. And shut up about it, people. That's <laughs> wow, what the movie's that was, saying. That, 
That was beautiful, Morgan. That's, that's not that's not what I'm saying. That's what the movie's saying. That's what well, I the, the, that read. expression. Yes, that's what <laughs> that I read into was, the movie as saying. Was very bold, and I, I appreciate that. Well, it's not me. It's the movie. <laughs> I mean, it is me, um, but also it's the movie. Yes. Um, I, I'm just surprised it took me so long to watch this movie because, you know, I'm a fan of Sleepless in Seattle and this movie is like a big kind of part of, you know, that yeah. movie. It's talked about a lot and it's kind of the whole inspiration for the climax of that movie. Okay. Um, I actually oh, yeah, because that's, on the, on, the that's on the top yeah. of the uh, Empire State, State Building, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I actually got a Schmodown question about this in classics. It was like... What classic film was the inspiration for the like the finale of? Okay. Um, Did you get it right? Uh, um, I thought it was this one. I thought it was an affair to remember, but I couldn't quite remember because it had been a while since I'd seen Sleepless in Seattle. Um, so I had whispered to Ethan, "I think it's an affair to remember." Um, and but I'm not 100. percent I but I feel pretty strong about an affair to remember. And Ethan's like, well, well you know, because how we were in the points, he was like, I think we can afford to go to multiple choice just to be sure. Yeah. And because I think we were had a pretty good lead at that point, uh, so he was like, well, if you you know if you want it, we can go to multiple choice. We have a good points lead. You know, the one point difference is we'll be okay. So yeah. then we did go to multiple choice, and an affair to remember was the choice, and so Lovely. then we picked it. And Lovely. yes, so I I was pretty confident, but I was like. I no, and Ethan was so Ethan was like, well, let's just go to one point because you know we, yeah. we can do that. So we did get it right. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Yes. Janine, <laughs> before we do get on to our deja view, I know we do have a call today from yes, we do the wonderful, wonderful Carla Fees who picked this movie for us to talk about this week in her Patreon perk. Uh, which is just one of the perks you can get on patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one or just it's a wonderful podcast on Patreon. Join us there. And what can they do when they are there, Janine? They can find the tier that's right for them. They can. That's exactly what they can do. But we do have a call yes. from Carla talking, I believe, about this movie. I presume it was about this movie. Um, yes. Because that's what she, she chose. Let's hear from her. All right. Hello, Morgan and Janine. Uh, it is Carla. Okay, so I really hope you guys enjoyed um, an affair to remember. Uh, I chose this film because I love romantic films and I love this era. Um, and it's on my list of movies that I watch over and over again, as Janine might recall. Um, I love the this era of films where there is like a restraint of passion, where there's like not really like kisses or anything. And then, like, even if they do kiss, it's, like, insinuated instead of, like, actually shown. Um, the protagonists were amazing, um, especially Cary Grant, like, in that scene um, where they see each other at the ballet. And then he looks at her and then you just know what he's thinking. And it's like, oh, my God, it's, like, amazing. Um, anyways, I'm going to have a second part, Morgan, so don't be mad at me. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so well, yes our, our voice messages only give you a minute so sometimes carla is very passionate about the topics so she she, she, she leaves a second message morgan sometimes makes a face so that's why maybe she <laughs> she was worried that morgan would be angry <laughs> with her leaving extra well, let's, messages <laughs> let's hear the second part carla. all right all right <laughs> Okay, part two. <laughs> Anyways, um, I just wanted to say 
that my only problem with this film, which is not a lot, it's just one scene that drives me crazy, is the scene where the children are singing. It was so unnecessary. Um, anyways, I love you guys. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. You know, always supporting. Um, okay, bye. I don't disagree. <laughs> no, like, um, I will say I did like the singing in the 39 version for sure. Like the song they sang yeah. is a prettier song. Um, and I think it was at some kind of like orphanage or something. So three yeah. little girls were singing and then the boys on the other side of the fence were like watching and like just loving the song that they wanted them to do it again. Um, so I liked the song that they, they, uh saying in the first one as opposed to this one like that just seemed like <laughs> yeah i don't no I, I don't i don't disagree at all though i, I don't really get that whole singing or let, let terry's become some sort of teacher um i mean sure let her become a teacher but why do we need a little bit of a choir number yeah it doesn't it doesn't really fit but it doesn't take away from the movie and Carla really lo- Carla clearly really loves this movie as well. And I like how she agrees with us that she just likes it being low-key. Also works in something like um, A Brief Encounter. I really loved that movie because it was mm, kind of like yeah. these glances and looks and just this whole thought of like uh, another life with somebody and being falling in love with somebody unexpectedly. And yeah, you get to see their kisses and kinds of shadows and silhouettes and yeah. um, things it like that. It means more. And yes, these like stolen it's, moments. Um, it's way more effective than outright, like I said, than outright crashing waves, kisses, close yes, up, yes. kiss, waves, celebration. Yes. It's so way more if, effective. If you're going to do an affair that's kind of all about the emotion... Um, and the passion yes. of that emotion and not like all about the physical passion. It's about the kind of emotional passion for somebody else. I yeah. think movies like A Brief Encounter and this definitely handled it very well so that you can kind of invest in this love and these characters. And despite them being with other people, you can still kind of understand why they would feel the way they feel. And definitely they, they make the love for each other feel so real and strong that it's kind of unavoidable um definitely and undeniable um yeah so i liked that aspect and i also didn't mention another shot i really loved when she kind of first tells ken that she's like doesn't want to really want to be with him and um like they're watching that news report and he kind of realizes mm. that it is Cary Grant, yeah. who she's kind of fallen with because she knows that he knows that they met on the ship and all of that um and then she kind of just kind of collapses on this glass door in her balcony and she just kind of leans back and she's looking up and you don't really see what she's looking at until the door kind of swings and then you can see the Empire State Building perfectly framed yeah. in, in the reflection of the glass. And so she's looking up and then you kind of calls back to that recurring line that they say that, yes, it's perfect to meet up there because that's the closest thing to heaven. Like being with you is the closest thing to heaven. That whole metaphor yeah. of them being together is the closest thing to heaven and being a, 
to do it at the top of the highest building is the closest thing to heaven. So I loved that kind of recurring line. And I was just kind of repeating it in my head in that moment when she kind of collapses on the door and you see her looking up and you know she's thinking about Cary Grant. And then the door just kind of slowly creaks to reveal the reflection of what she's looking at. And it's the Empire State Building. Um, so I loved that whole kind of moment in her, you know, they sell that whole kind of feeling without her even saying anything. And like, it just made me recall a beautiful line. That's kind of a metaphor for their love and their relationship, just in seeing her and framing the building next to her and kind of seeing her gaze up at it like that, that whole kind of blocking of that whole scene was, was, I loved it. I loved it. Definitely. Definitely. All made better, of course, by <laughs> glorious cinema scope. Yeah, <laughs> because it's beautiful. It's so good. It's so perfect. It's so crisp to yes. look at. It's so colourful. I love it. Yes. I love. I love. I love it. Any, you know, like you have all your all your weird ways of shooting movies in the fifties, where the lenses were just clearly just massive. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like Cinerama vision and stuff like that, and um. Cinemascope, obviously. Uh, what's the Vista Vision? Vista Vision is yeah, a good mm-hmm. one. Um, anything like that. And I, I get excited by any weird cinematography term like that. That's just like, <laughs> oh, this is yeah. I know this movie's gonna look huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like that. Um, Janine, let's let's end the show today with a little bit. Of deja vu, deja vu, deja vu, deja vu. Yay! There's nobody going in the moustache hall of fame today because there wasn't really moustaches. There's no moustaches in the movie. Or no good moustaches, at least, by big people. So screw the moustache hall of fame for today. But we have deja vu, of course. Janine, why was the 1994 version terrible? Definitely, like you said, like, um, I feel like the 39 version was, like, a test run. (laughs) yeah um the still version, a good movie yes the version we're discussing the 56 version was kind of like an improvement the the finalized version of everything he wanted to do in the 39 version but couldn't yeah and he was able to kind of do everything he wanted to do and then the 94 version just feels like the puked up regurgitated version of the of those other two I, it's exactly like, I I really I really did like the thirty nine version. I actually I actually kind of really liked Charles Boyer. Yeah, I did um, too. I really liked him. He was he was very good, um, and obviously like he's legitimately French as well, and he's playing a French person. Yes. In the movie, like that character in in that version is is French, um, but his uh, chemistry with Irene Dunn's pretty good. I just yes. think that. Like you said, it, it feels like a test run almost where Leo McCrary, the director's thinking, okay, in my next version of this, I'm going to spend more time with these two characters. And that's what he does with Cary Grant and Deborah Kerr. And it works really well. Yes. Because if I, if I was to have any complaints about the 39 version, because it is the exact same movie. And I yeah. mean, shot, Pretty, you know, yeah. scene for scene, it's the exact same movie. Um there's just not as much time spent with them getting the to know them. each other. Yes, so the, the romance the flirting itself is isn't... Not as, yeah. Exactly. The romance itself isn't as believable and it isn't as investable, if yes. you know what I mean. Yes. 
Um, but it I is will with say Grant and Kerr. I did like the reveal of the painting thing better in the 39 version than any of the versions because I didn't like, I didn't really care for him having to go look for it because like, I don't think there was enough information there to give him that impetus to be like, Oh, she's the one that they're talking about. I'm going to go look for this paint. I didn't feel like there was enough information when he was kind of, cause the whole thing is he painted her wearing the scarf that his grandmother, um, She was, she wore, she, yeah, she wore the scarf that when they visited the grandmother, um, and then the grandmother passes. And so he, when he comes to see her in that final scene, he gives her the gift of the scarf because the grandmother passed and he gives her the scarf and says, you know, she always wanted you to have this. And then as he's leaving, he's like, you know, I painted you wearing the scarf and I, you know had it in my gallery and they said a woman came, she didn't have any money. She, you know, she, I said that for them to just give it to her. Um, uh, but I would have loved for you to see it. Um, and they said that she was, uh, and he like kind of stops cause he's about to say like yeah. that she was like in a wheelchair or whatever. Um, so he's kind of describing it, but I didn't think there was enough there for him to kind of make that connection that it was her. So I liked in the 39 version that as he's kind of describing it and saying, I painted the thing, this woman came to come, you know, and she wanted it and she kept asking to buy it. And I told him to give it to her. And then he sees the painting in the reflection of the mirror in the same room as he's saying this. I liked that reveal better. Whereas in both the 56 version and the 94 version, he's starting to tell this story and then all of a sudden it comes to him that it's, it must be her. Yeah. And then he, he goes searching around the house and then finds the painting. I didn't really like that. I, I really uh, liked the 39 version, how he's telling the story and then he's just kind of looking up and he sees it in the reflection of I a mirror agree. in the same room, in the same area. Yeah. So. I agree. I agree. That that's, that's a very, very fair point. Um, but I, I, I did, I did, I did like the thirty nine version as well. Um, yeah. I do prefer the the fifty seven. A fair to remember. Yeah. Um, but look, the chemistry's the chemistry's still good in the thirty nine version. Yeah. Um, obviously the story's exactly the same. Um, so it's it's saying the same things. Its messages are the same, and all that sort of thing. Um, Irene Dunn really is great. I do like Irene Dunn. She's usually kind of more silly as well, which is nice. Um, But I really do like Irene Dunn. The 94 version, the only... In fact, before we move on from the 39 version, I must say that the grandmother in the 39 version is Maria Uspenskaya, who was the uh, gypsy lady from The Wolfman. Oh, in the 39 version? Yeah, in the 39 version. Mm -hmm. Um, a couple of years later, she goes into horror and starts. But well, she was probably in horror before that. In fact, I think she was. But she plays the gypsy lady in The Wolfman, and yes. she's really, she's really, she's good in that tiny little role. You know, because Bella yeah. Lugosi's also in The Wolfman for like two yeah. seconds. It's <laughs> <laughs> just really weird. Yeah. Um, but, but who like, plays that I like role that. in the '94 version, Morgan? Exactly. Um, the absolutely. Which is... Only good thing, and I mean, I don't just say good thing. I mean, world beat. It makes the movie worth watching. Is the fact that Catherine Hepburn plays the grandmother in the nineteen ninety four version at the grand old age of I think about eighty six. Well, she's she the aunt. At this point. They make her the aunt. Oh, sorry. Yes, but an older relative. Um, yes, it's the same character, but Catherine Hepburn is in her late eighties at this point. Yeah. So it was nice seeing Catherine Hepburn, darling. I mean, she's, 
<laughs> I mean, she's so old. Yes. She's so old. It's like watching Vincent Price in Edward Scissorhands. I, you almost don't want to do it. Yes. Because <laughs> it's, But I mean, at least, it's you know, a Catherine, Hepburn, Catherine Hepburn lived to the age of 96. She lived, she lived, I think, until 2003. Oh, wow. So she had a hell of a long life. So it's not quite as sort of bad as watching Vincent Price in Edward Scissorhands in 1993 because Vincent Price died in 1993. Yeah. So that's like really at the end of his life. But I still yeah. don't like watching Vincent. I, I mean, I really, really obviously do love watching Vincent Price in but Edward at the end, knowing it's kind of the end. But the man, the man, the character actually dies. Yes. <laughs> in that movie, and it's just what no. Well, the, well, Catherine Hepburn technically she dies too in that. I suppose, but we don't see it, yeah, and she at least true. has ten years left of her life. Yeah, that's true. But she's so old, and she just she looks. I mean, she's wonderful, and I love every second of time with Catherine Hepburn. Yes. And I will but say, she does have like, a great line that kind of is something that I thought about and I kind of apply to the other movies, how she's having this conversation with Terry and, you know, Terry's saying that, you know, I got everything I wanted. I have everything I should want. And then Catherine Hepburn's telling her, well, it, that's not kind of the thing. Like both you and Mike in this movie, getting yeah. everything you want is the easy part. It's, you know, yeah. do you still want it once you've gotten it is kind of the thing after the fact yeah. it's wanting wanting it once you've got it is the yes is the big thing and yes. i do i do like that like it's a good yes. line and it's good to kind of apply that to the other movie um yeah be like yeah that's kind of a really smart thought um it's the but one yeah. good thing in the 94 <laughs> version i mean yes. ultimately i do like annette benning to be honest with you I don't really like Warren Beatty in this movie. I don't think he works really well at all. But I think it's silly, though. Like, they are married. They should have amazing chemistry. I know. They and they look just... great together. But it's just... It was just so bland and dry. It was just like they weren't really emoting. They were just kind of copying the dialogue exactly yeah. from the other versions they were just basically saying word for word lines they weren't really selling it um they weren't selling the romance they weren't selling the flirting they weren't they were just kind of like regurgitation <laughs> like the word they were basically just spouting yeah. the same it shit is. that we saw done better in these other movies so um, i was yeah. really disappointed because you know you have Catherine hepburn you have warren Beatty, and that benning great actors a real life oh, couple yeah. who should have amazing electric chemistry and it just didn't feel like it was utilized felt like they were just kind of doing a play and just like reading lines like they were practicing a play or something yeah i'm not i'm not disputing that warren Beatty is not a great actor of course yeah. warren Beatty is a great actor i just don't really i don't really think he worked in in this movie to be honest with you yeah. um and i think i think annette benning did work I actually I I liked Annette Benning in this movie. I just but I didn't really care for Warren Beatty in this movie. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan's in this movie as well. Pierce yeah, Brosnan like... plays the Ken character, <laughs> yeah. which seems a little bit of a small role for somebody like Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, he has a beard in this movie as well, which he actually kind of suits <laughs> yeah, a beard. And he has kind of like a shaggy hairstyle too. Yeah. It's like, okay, okay, I get it. Yeah, I like it. There's a few, um, there's a few tiny little roles in the '94 version as well for that, for some reason, was like Gary Shandling's in there. Actor. Like what? Ramis is in the movie. Oh yeah, Harold Ramis like a like a lawyer or something. I don't know. Okay. Which was, I, I suppose, fun for the two minutes of time Ramis <laughs> had in the movie, but yes. <laughs> nobody beats Hepburn. Yes. <laughs> nobody beats her. She's yeah. the best version of that. Character. character, yes. In in all three of them, she's the best yeah. version of that character. Yes. Absolutely she is. But she just happens to be the only really good thing about that movie. Yeah. It's a shit. It, that's like, was it, I think it was, it, it might have actually been her last movie. Oh, maybe. Maybe. If there was, there was maybe one more. Because On Golden Pond have. was like the 80s, huh? Oh, On Golden Pond was here. Yeah, On Golden Pond was eighty one. That was significantly before nineteen ninety four that we're talking here. Yeah. I mean, in On Golden Pond, she she still looks like Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> she's at this point, she's starting to kind of not look like Catherine Hepburn anymore. Yeah. You know, like when obviously Kirk Douglas passed earlier this year. When Kirk Douglas reached a certain age, he just started to not look like yeah, Kirk Douglas anymore. Yeah. Apart from the chin dimple. <laughs> which, oh, oh, that, okay, that's Kirk Douglas. I can tell because of the of chin. <laughs> um, and you can tell it's Catherine Hepburn because of the voice. Yes. Um, Darling! Other, you know, it's got to that, it's got to that stage at, at, at this point. It's like watching again, you know, like um, when... Christopher Lee turned up for like that one scene in the Hobbit movie, yeah. and he, he didn't he didn't even go to New Zealand to film it. Yeah, he had to film it in London because he couldn't travel because he was like ninety eight or however oh old Christopher gosh. Lee was when he died. Um, and he was like watching that because that was that was the last thing Christopher Lee did before he died. Yeah, and just and knowing I, that it just makes oh, it... I, I can't, I can't. Yeah. I can't with Price and Lee and people. I can't do it. Christopher Lee was the first, the first actor death that really stuck with me. Yeah. Because I, re I remember where I was when I found it out. Aww. I'd never do that. I never yeah. do that with with people's with celebrities mm -hmm. passing away. Yeah. But I remember exactly where I was when I found out the news that Christopher Lee had died because we just all assumed, oh, Christopher Lee, he's still working. He's still doing movies. Yeah, he's still making he might be rock 96. Music. He's still making metal music. <laughs> exactly. You know, I don't know. I, can't, I forget how old he, he actually was, but he was certainly in his mid-90s. Um, I just thought, okay, Christopher Lee's definitely going to make it to 100. And he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. Catherine Hepburn nearly made it to 100. Yeah. Kirk Douglas, credit to him, made it to 102. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't like watching old, <laughs> old Hollywood actors. Just fade away. But we'll keep them like... alive here on It's a Wonderful Podcast. We oh certainly God. will, but I don't like watching old Hollywood actors in 90s movies. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because it's just so, I don't like so to... apparent that the end is nigh. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't. But like she it was, at all. she was great, and she was the best part of the '94 version. And I'm just, just, just such a bummer because I like Annette Banning. I like, 
uh, Warren Beatty. And like, I was really expecting them to have this really romantic, beautiful kind of chemistry together because, you know, they're a real life couple. But yeah, it just was very dull, dull, dully, dull, dull. <laughs> yeah, kind of was. That's ultimately. Thankfully, and- 1957's An Affair to Remember was just the best of both. Yes. And I will say, along with the kids singing, one thing that did kind of like, uh, uh, Deborah Kerr is not the best uh, lip syncer. So when she was singing in the clubs, <laughs> like she was not really matching up with the singer. Uh, that was kind of we a... like Deborah Kerr. <laughs> I do like to. Great. I like the. Sure, her performance was amazing, but it just that one thing of lip syncing in the club was not great for me. <laughs> I've I've remembered who else was in a tiny role for some huge name person in the '94 version. Somehow they got Ray Charles in the movie. Oh yes, because like you know, in the other versions they go to see like a ballet or something when they um when you know. Terry's been hurt and she hasn't seen Nick in a long time and they see each other at the ballet in the 94 version. It was like a Ray Charles Christmas show. <laughs> it was. It was Ray Charles singing <laughs> Nat King Cole's Christmas song or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> What's the actual name of that song? <laughs> Nat King Cole Christmas song. <laughs> Everybody knows what, what song we're talking about. But I don't know the name. What's the actual... It's probably called just Merry Christmas Everyone, isn't it? Or something, something like Something like that, yeah. They got Ray Charles in the movie. And Ray Charles... You know, Ray Charles was probably in his 80s at this point as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, maybe. Maybe late so 70s. <laughs> Everybody's too old. I don't like it. Um, no. Oh, dear. There we go, though. I think there we go. Ultimately, Janine, final thoughts. Um, As somebody who's a fan of, you know, romance movies, I have been wanting to definitely delve into some classic romance movies. Um, This is a big kind of named classic that I had been wanting to see for a really long time. So thank you so much, Carla, for picking this movie. Um, I wasn't sure how, like, the concept of, of an affair. Like I pretty much knew the premise, you know, in watching sleep is in Seattle and just kind of knowing of this movie, but I really was curious to see how they would play out the aspects of something with an affair in it with yeah. Hades code and things like that. And yeah. it was definitely beautifully done and very romantic and passionate and all the kind of swoony, like a uh, heart fluttering moments that I like would was expecting in an old Hollywood kind of romance film. Yeah. So it hit all the buttons for me for sure. And I really enjoyed it. So thank you so much, Carla. Thank you, Carla, for this celebration of true love. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. But there we go. If you would like to uh, be available to choose a movie for us on It's a Wonderful Podcast, whether it's on this show or on Morgan Hasn't Seen, or you can choose a topic for Machine Mondays. That's just one of the perks that we have on Patreon, and that is patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one, or just search It's a Wonderful Podcast on Patreon. Like Janine said before, find the tier that's right for you. There's a whole bunch of stuff we've got going on there. We do yes, live I'm, streams. We have bonus I'm, content. I'm getting all videos. these. I'm getting pictures and messages from patrons telling me that they got their art prints today. So. Wonderful, yes. lovely. They get artwork and that sort of thing, sneak yes. previews and all that sort of stuff. Yes. 
poll yeah. voting. It's fun. It's yes. fun on the Patreon, Janine. It's great. And I believe um, next week we have another Patreon pick. So that'll we, be do. Fun. we do. We do. <laughs> We're not. We won't announce that. We'll we'll keep it as a surprise. No. Okay. We'll keep it as a surprise. I like keeping the main shows <laughs> a surprise. This is, that's why I I always change the Twitter cover photo of the show to the movie that we're talking about on the main show, like a few days before the Friday. So if people ever want to see, then just go on that and have a look what movie it is. And if you don't recognize that movie straight away, then all the better. You get get to um, guess. That's fun. And closer to the time that we will be recording, I will um, obviously put a tweet out, you know, asking for voice messages with the link to leave a voice message and kind of an idea of, you know, what the topic is of the movie and, uh, where you guys can leave us thoughts about it so we can have some fun voice messages to play on the episode. So look out for that on my Twitter at G, uh, Janine Dabeen. Also same thing for Instagram, Janine Dabeen. So look out for that uh, to find out how you can leave a voice message for any upcoming episodes of the show. And if they should want to get a T-shirt with our faces on it, Janine, where will they have to go? They can go to my tea shop at uh, G9Design on tpublic.com. You can get all the merch for all of our shows. Plus, you know, I have a bunch of my artwork and designs there. You can get all kinds of merch shirts and bags and buttons and pillows and mugs. art prints and mugs and all kinds Note of stuff pants. now. Yes, uh, laptop bags and phone cases. And they Stickers. have all kinds of stuff there. Yes. So uh, definitely check it out there at G9Design on tpublic.com. Yeah. Magnets. It's a wonderful po- Steve, magnets. Steve shared that he got some of uh, our podcast magnets for his Lovely. fridge. They, they came out very yeah. cool. So We like yeah. magnets. We like magnets. <laughs> I like it. Magnetism. Magnetic chemistry. Like Cary Grant and Deborah. <laughs> wow. Kerr. I yes. liked it. That was yes. a good one. That's a good segue, buddy. <laughs> The main show is, of course, not the only show we have on this feed, though. It's there. It's here every Friday, talking those wonderful older movies that we all love so much and want to give more love to, because they deserve it. But we also have Morgan Hasn't Seen every Wednesday, where I haven't seen things, so Janine forces me to watch things. We're in a Movies About Music series right now, which has started off very, very fun this week with Almost Famous. Cameron Crowe's almost famous, chosen by Patreon uh, patron Billy Pollahan. Yes. I always confuse the words because obviously, <laughs> like everybody else, I always confuse the words. Um, but we also have Machine Mondays every Monday with Janine the Machine talking all the down things. So we're everywhere Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. You can find the feed on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Or, of course, on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Castbox, a whole bunch of others. We're absolutely everywhere. You're not going to miss us for podcast content. It's great. Find me on Twitter at the Purple Dom with the three instead of the E in the because, Janine. Three is the magic number. Or on Instagram at just the Purple Dom. That is going to do it for episode 107, Woo-hoo. I think, of It's a Wonderful Podcast. We've been talking an affair to remember, Leo McCrary's, an affair to remember from 1957 with Cary Grant. Deborah Kerr. Yes, that's going to do it. And until next time, there is only one thing left to do. Go ahead. Three, two, one. 
Bye. Bye.